Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. everyone and welcome back to Barb Knows Best the podcast. <laughs> We're laughing. We're laughing because the feats that we went through to get here to record this episode. It is a downpour outside. The streets are flooded. Our shoes and socks are soaked. Well, we're in a typical South Florida stormy thunder lightning rainy day like pouring but i just we need you all to know that this was the commitment to this epi- yes. to this show yes. that we we braved the elements elements <laughs> to get here and just to give you a little visual the the road that we're on is now a river that's how hard it's raining the road is a river the road is a river <laughs> oh, um it is but we just we love this to, so much. We do. <clears throat> we really do. And I think that... Um, Perfect topic for today, too. It is. <laughs> so we, we really wanted to make sure we got it in. Mm-hmm. So as you guys know, I'm Michelle Maros, the co-host, and I'm here with my mom, Peaceful Barb. Hi, everyone. And I have to say, you've really turned your frown upside down. You were You were really feeling a little frazzled about this situation. Oh, when the palm trees are going sideways... <laughs> and the rain is coming down so hard that you can't even see out the window. And the I will thunder take some and the lightning. I will to post on, on our Instagram so you all can see what, what she's talking about. And the rain is, <laughs> it, it is coming down so hard and so fast and for so long. Literally, things are very, very flooded. Things get flooded easily in South Florida if you're not familiar because we're, we have no, um, we are at sea level already. So when it rains and it's really been coming down hard. Yeah. Yeah, you're, we're so, at sea level, yeah. so any additional water puts us yeah. right on under. And the funny thing, too, and, and it, it's perfect for what we're going to talk about in this episode, is that <laughs> she has an electric car, Yes. and we were trying to park her car. And I don't know if because it was raining so hard, it was thinking that we were close to an object that you were going to hit because the sensors kept going off, and yeah. so it kept, like, jerking the car, so <laughs> we could not. It was. It wouldn't let me reverse at all. It was a comedy of errors, which was could have yeah. led to a very <laughs> stressful and overwhelming, overwhelming situation. <gasps> wow. <laughs> um, but here we are laughing about it. Yeah. But I say it's perfect because in this week's episode, we want to talk about... Overwhelm. The overwhelm. Yeah. Which we <sighs> feel like so many people... I mean, every time we start an so episode, many. You, we say so me, many people. Because we, we love... Yes, we. Yeah, definitely me. I will say me. Um, but what we love about our podcasts and the episodes that we do is we take all the comments and all of the suggestions that you give us um, literally and personally. And we really want to incorporate our take and our experiences. And, and most of the time what you're experiencing, we are. So it's really wonderful to be able to share with you our experience right now with overwhelm because this is definitely where I have been for a while. And yeah. it's not a surprise that we would feel overwhelmed with coming out 
we're not really out of it yet, but still managing and uh, transitioning through this two and a half year pandemic and all of the all of the things that are happening in the world with the war and it's a lot. It's a lot. And here in the United States now, we don't have formula for babies. And so I just think there's a lot going on to feel. What else, to what feel, else do you want to add to that? Well, list? there's a lot everywhere, not just in the United States, but it just feels like there's a lot of overwhelm and a lot of, you use this word, these words a lot back during the beginning of the pandemic about this collective trauma, you know, the collective stress and the collective, what we'll talk about today is this collective overwhelm. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, um, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, overwhelm is a big thing right now. And there was a recent poll that said over 84% of all Americans are reporting um, stress and overwhelm every single week. So you're well, not that alone. makes perfect sense. <clears throat> Sorry. And, um, you know, we, this topic came up for us because you and we were doing some work stuff earlier today or earlier this week. And you were like, I just can't, I can't do one more thing. I can't add one more thing to my plate. I can't, I can't handle any of this. And it, you were insinuating too, that you felt like you couldn't even do your, the easy tasks in your life, like simple, simple things. Like I asked you to send an email and that was like asking you to move the moon or something. And we, I don't think you might have labeled yourself as feeling overwhelmed in that moment when we were doing that. But I think when we started to break it down and realizing that simple tasks like that are, you, you know, you should be able to just knock it out in a, in a not overwhelmed space. And we started to really realize that you've been living in multiple days of, high stress, which has led you to feel overwhelmed. And then I think to, to break it down even further, living multiple days of living in overwhelm can really lead you to, to burnout, which is, you know, I think that end of the road where you just need to stop. Definitely. And I think what causes us to really realize that we feel the feelings of overwhelm is when someone on the external world, which was you at the time, yesterday asking me to send an email or to do that one more thing. And I think I said back to you, Michelle, please don't add one more thing to my plate or to my to-do list or to my list of things that need to get done. I already know what I need to do. And I think, I think that's why today I'm really, I'm really looking forward to discussing this and breaking it down as you use those words a lot, Michelle, because I think it's really important to break it down and what what the feelings of overwhelm are and what the feelings of stress are because there's such a vast difference. And I've always felt there's a vast difference because rarely in my life do I get to a place of overwhelm. I can't even quite remember um, where I've gotten to this stage of overwhelm like I feel today, you know, culminating and taking care of my sick dog for over two years in the pandemic and things like that, which we'll go into in another episode. I'll explain more. But But stress, we all live with stress. I mean, stress happens every single day. Life is unpredictable and difficult, all the things that we've talked about. So stress is something that we can manage because that's the way life is. But when we get to a point of overwhelm, that's a whole different story. Well, Yeah, life is stressful. And like we've talked about in other episodes, we can never control the things or predict the things that happen to us every single day. We, We could not have controlled or predicted the weather that, you know, is happening around us and we have to pivot 
because of that. And so the elements of life are going to provide ways and reasons for us to be stressed. And it's my viewpoint on this topic that there's regular stress of life, like the weather, for example. And then there's, you know, the unnecessary stress in our lives. You and I talk a lot about unnecessary stress and we can do a whole episode because I've got lots to say about unnecessary stress. But the things that like, that, that give us stress that just, they don't need to like people or circumstances or things like that. And I think when you have stress build up day after day after day, that's not dealt with and processed that leads to that overwhelm that you're talking about. And I think what you've been saying is years of, daily stress with caretaking, daily global trauma with a pandemic, um, uncertainty, chaos around everything that's been going on. We all feel overwhelmed and burned out and just like, what the heck, how how am I, how am I even supposed to get through another day or have the motivation to even show up and do my best in a, in a new day? Because it's just like, where is that light at the end of the tunnel? And I think that that's what overwhelm and burnout feels like. There's just no light and you're in this like fight or flight. And it's interesting for me, at least overwhelm can feel like you're constantly sped up because you're not doing enough, but you feel paralyzed. Like you can't do anything. Like, you you know, your to-do list is pages long, but you can't do it because doing one more task feels so onerous and just like, I can't. And that's a really hard place to live your life from because it's, it doesn't feel good. And, and you just feel stuck and trapped. Like there's nothing you can do and there's something wrong with you. And so I, those are just some of the things that I've experienced in overwhelm. Um, to give you all an example, I think it's true. And I, I, um, recently I've been reading Brene Brown's new book, Atlas of the Heart, which is she phenomenal. She references this book every single every day. day because it, it. it is fantastic. If you haven't read it, I recommend highly that you go get it. But when we got to the place um, of stress and overwhelm, she says it beautifully. She actually, she in this book, she actually helped me articulate what was happening for me. Um, and she says this: overwhelm means an extreme level of stress and emotional and or cognitive intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. And then she goes on to say, so I think the big difference is we can function in stress. We really can't function in overwhelm. And then she says the research shows the nothingness is the only way to really reset after overwhelm. So this changed my thinking changed my life. And it actually gave me a sense of, oh, everything is well. Because that is my big uh, affirmation and mantra that I use all the time, all is well. But when we're feeling overwhelmed, I love when she says we really can't function, which is what you just said, Michelle. Like we, we feel stuck, we feel paralyzed. So I just love this definition for all of you. Um, and I think I'll repeat it at the end of this episode because Definitely. I really feel like it, we'll it put lets it in you, the show notes to the book and definitely and, and how you can and it lets it. you off the hook of feeling as you just said, Michelle. There's nothing wrong with us. We're we're not we're not less than. We're we're capable in all of the things. We've just come to a place where the stress has become more, you know, more unmanageable. So we can't actually function in the overwhelm. And so what Brene Brown is saying, what the research has shown, which is what I've been doing a lot of lately, is just stopping. 
Like we well, need to stop. you've been saying, I mean, your whole life, the antidote to so much of, of life and its difficulties is to stop. Um, give yourself permission to pause, whether it's go to the bathroom and just take a few deep breaths or close your eyes or, you know, sit in your car for a few minutes before you go somewhere. That does seem to be the salve for the stressors and the chaos of life. And that is, that is the and answer. And these, in these moments of extreme overwhelm and burnout, you have to. And longer periods, I think is what I've noticed for myself. Yes. I, I always say, you know, stop, breathe, and then start again all day long. And that's how you, that's how you can that's really how you manage, manage stresses. Like stress, yeah. 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 So stresses, we can function. We're just saying the same thing at the same time. We're I know in we're sync. in sync, but with overwhelm, we need a longer period of time was what I've noticed. I need 10, 15, 20 minutes. I actually need to cancel an appointment maybe that's back to back, or I need to be more one pointed. I need to be more focused because I've noticed with me when I'm really in this overwhelmed state, not only do I need to stop for 10, 15, 30 minutes to kind of reset, regroup, um, recharge, I also need to make sure that I'm being focused and not allowing my mind to scatter, not allowing my, not trying to do five things at one time, because when I am really at my worst with overwhelm, it means that I'm trying to do three things at one time or 10 things at one time, or my mind is not focused on the task at hand or the person that I'm with. It's thinking about 20 other things that I have to do. So that's what I want to say. This idea when Brene Brown says that nothingness is the only way to really reset after overwhelm, that means really bringing yourself back to the present moment. Be where your feet are for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Cancel that next appointment or cancel that next thing that you had on your schedule and really try to be with yourself and bring yourself, see if you can really center yourself which is, I've been doing this a lot this past week because um, Michelle's right. She asked me to do a, send a simple little email that in ordinary times would take me three seconds and it'd be done. And it just felt like it was an impossible thing for me to do. So I've really been doing this, giving myself more, more of a break in between to reset and recharge and then, and then really making sure that when my mind starts to wander to 20 other things that I have to do tomorrow or the next day or the next moment, that I'm focusing on the task at hand and the person that I'm with. Yeah, and that's that's why we wanted to talk about this this week because the stillness and the stopping is not necessarily our second nature when we're in those states of overwhelm. You know, we think, and you've said, you've said this for years, but especially in these phases of overwhelm, you've said to me, I just need to get through this week. I just need to get through this month. I just need to get through this period of time and then I can rest. And I think that's, how a lot of us who are working in that overwhelm fight or flight mindset of, I just got to keep pushing through, push, 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 get through, tick everything off my to-do list and not stop. Yeah. And then I can stop and giving yourself the permission once everything is done. But as we know in life, that nothing is that, ever done, <laughs> nothing is ever done. And you're not ever going to get to that place of like, I mean, you said, I just got to get through this week and then you get through the week and then the, ne and the next week is chaos. Or I remember a lot of the times towards the end of the year, I just got to get to the end of the year. It's, it's whatever that yeah. date in the future when we think things were, are going to slow down. And as we know, life doesn't necessarily slow down. Things continue to pop up. So we wanted to talk about it this week to just give some antidotes and some 
helpful tools because it is not in our nature or our instinct to say, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I see my to-do list. I feel super sped up and stressed. Oh, I have to stop. Right. We think the sooner I can get it done, then I can stop. And so it's a little bit um, counterintuitive for a lot of us, but it's true that you have to, because I started to notice with you and I can notice this within myself too, but you do get really easily distracted and, mm-hmm. and feel very um, frazzled. And, you know, we'll talk about one thing and because there's so much in your mind that you feel like you have to get done. And so that was definitely a sign for me. And then just, let me just back you hold the second one. Cause I just want to interject cause you're exactly right. And I think this is, this is a little tip. This is what's important because this is not how I function. No, this is not how I practice. Sorry, and this no. is not how I live. It's very so, out of character. So yes. So really being mindful and noticing, wow. And using these things as red flags, when my mind says to me and what I was saying to you, what you were saying, Michelle earlier, like when my mind says, Barb, just push through to the end of the week. Or just, you'll be fine if you can get to the end of the year. When you're, when I know for me, it's a red flag when my mind says that it means, Barb, that means you're, you're moving into, into overwhelm from stress and you truly need to stop, reset, refocus and begin again. And that means stop for a half hour, stop for an hour, maybe stop for a day. So I just wanted to really highlight that, Michelle, before you go on to the next thing that, noticing the triggers, like it is not in my nature to push through and not be present. And so the fact no, that I was, you are, you are the most present. So the fact person. that I was, that I was saying things like that a lot to you is obviously a red flag for you. And now, now as I'm starting to look back on, wow, I'm overwhelmed a lot. <laughs> like I wake up feeling good. And then by the middle of the day, I'm overwhelmed. So it's really important to notice that within yourself and really practice, really let yourself um, take that pause and take that stop and really be mindful and careful. And it's really, really important. Know that this is a really important message that your body and your mind is sending you. Mm-hmm. And then sorry, your second thing, you had no, one more thing. no, no. And I just, I was just trying to give some, some things for people to look out for. And something that I noticed, I was feeling really overwhelmed and burned out. I would say burned out, um, last month that spring is a really busy time for us. It's when a lot of our programming and things like that are wrapping up and we're just, we're doing a lot at that time of year. And we've been doing a lot with hospitals and healthcare workers. So it's, it has been very, we've been busy. It's been very heavy. And, um, I was just feeling very consistently stressed and like there was always something and things that I started to notice within myself is my patience was very thin Um, I would get very easily frustrated and annoyed with people. I had no patience, but also I was, I had no, um, time or effort or energy for the people in my life. Um, like I would have friends that would text me and say, Hey, how's it going? Like, let's catch up or whatever. And I, I found myself not even responding to text messages, which is not really like me. I'm not, I'm not really like the person that can let text pile up. I'm usually pretty good. And, and so I'm like, Oh, I don't have the mental capacity to write back to even my close friend who just wants to say hi. So I would put it off and put it off, but then the putting it off 
adds to the overwhelm and the stress. So you're like, oh, I have to text her back. She's going to think something's wrong with me, but I just can't. I just, like you said with the email, like you just felt like you couldn't send the email. For me, I felt like I just couldn't text my friends back or couldn't do these simple tasks because they just felt like too much. And that's really where I was like, wow, okay, this is not like me. Yes, I'm I can label myself as an introvert and I do need my alone time and my space and all of that stuff. But this, this felt very different. And so that for me was my aha moment of like, okay, I really do need to, to take some sort of conscientious effort of like, you know, nothingness because this has to reset because I can't keep doing this. Well, Um, because we can label ourselves introverts and need alone time and all the things, of course, because that's, who, who we are, who are, however you label yourself, but you also want to be able to function in life. You also yeah. want to be able to function at your best and be able to always step into the day feeling like you have the energy and the stamina to be able to do your best. And I think that's what we're talking about. If you're feeling like, wow, I know that I can do all of these things. What is happening in this moment for me? Right. Or just feel like you feel like you get taken out by like the most minor right. inconvenience. Right. That, that was another thing for both of us, you know, um, the bridge demon, yeah. for example, um, you know, things would happen and you just are like, Oh, it's just big reactions to little things. And I think the bridge demon is a little bit of a different thing though, because uh, that's going to defend that to the, no, cause that's a edge. usual thing. Cause that's kind of my, it's, it's a piece of but I, th- this week you got like but three bridges and it was one time, like, yeah, but um, I think but what, I just, it's, it's big a, reactions to things that, uh, that are just a part of life, big reactions and the inability to function the way that you know that you can function. I really want to, I really want to help people like start to be able to identify and feel the feelings of what's happening for them, knowing that there's nothing wrong with you. Like it truly means that you really just have to stop. And I think um, it's so important to feel that because you're talking about how we feel overwhelmed. And so what do we do? Literally what I said to you and our colleagues last week, look, I only want to do one thing a day now for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put anything else on the schedule. Don't be, don't be scheduling, you know, a podcast recording and about four other things. I want you, I want to only schedule one thing in a day for now so that I can stop and I can pause and I can breathe and I can refocus and I can recharge and I can reset. And so I'm just saying these things because this is within your power and your ability to do these things. Like you have to take care of yourself. So when you're starting to feel like, wow, I'm having a hard time functioning, then take a deep breath and pause and see what can I do to reset, recharge, and refocus. Those are the three re's that I always look at for myself. How do I reset, recharge, and refocus? Because focus is one of the greatest things that takes me out. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's really um, like a really important reminder because then when you do that for one day, like I did it for one day and I feel like I'm superhuman again. Look at it. podcasting in the rain. Well, and it, and it doesn't mean that I won't fall back into it because certainly we need to rest. We need to, re- we need more than just maybe one day of a recharge, but certainly it's that idea that focus on one thing that you can do in 24 hours. Yeah. And I, I really like, we were talking about this yesterday, the visual of thinking, you know, you said, I can't put one more thing on my plate. On my flimsy paper plate, I think is what and, he said. Well, on your plate and and you're like, and my plate is a flimsy paper, 
you know, it can't plate handle that's all of it. saturated and it's about to collapse. Yep. And think about your plate. You know, are you at the point where you're using, you know, one of those paper plates you get at like a fair that has grease soaked through and too much stuff and it's about to completely fall apart? Or is your plate, you know, a ceramic, sturdy plate that's that's got you and that, you know, is clean and a clean slate? You know, just I love that visual because I could feel the paper flimsy plate for you. <laughs> and I think we all go through phases of having different plates. Yeah. And it's important to think about this, too, because there's a lot of comparison that goes on during these times of, oh, well, that person has it so much worse than me. I don't have the right to feel this way or this person has more. So they don't they don't have the right to feel that way or whatever it might be. The comparison game is just simply a waste of energy. But just if you can think about you don't know what plate anyone is is using at any given moment in time. And we all have different plates in different times of our lives. And that's just how life is. And and so just give yourself some grace if you're in a flimsy paper plate place. I love that you just said that because there's a quote that actually um, I filmed as a reel that I'm going to be putting on Instagram probably in the next couple of days. It's so amazing. And it's a quote by Amanda Burkhart. Mm -hmm. And the quote goes like this. Maybe you think someone doesn't have a lot on their plate compared to you, (laughs) but maybe their plate is smaller than yours and doesn't have a lot of room to begin with. Or maybe their plate is paper and their flimsy paper plate can't hold as much as your sturdy ceramic plate can. Wow. And so I think that's That's such a perfect analogy, perfect quote for what you just described, you know, stop comparing, we know we talk about this before, but stop comparing yourself to others and stop trying to measure up and, and compete and do all the things that someone else is doing and really just focus on yourself and be really mindful and start to really, you know, it's that episode we did with becoming your own best friend, which is what's really made me, um, you know, regain and refocus some of my energy and some of my strength, really realizing what was happening for me in this mm-hmm. moment and being okay with it, not saying, oh, what's the matter with you, Barb? Why yeah, can't you do this? Yourself. You're not judging. No. Because there is that piece too of like, I should be able to handle this. Yeah. I should be able to just push through. And when we do that to ourselves, you know, it's only leading us further down that road of burnout where, you know, we could just completely collapse. Yeah. And how about let's just all normalize our feelings and whatever you're feeling in any moment or any given time, if you can actually attend to those feelings and feel them deeply and see what they need and see what your body needs. I remember, I remember calling you two days ago and saying we were supposed to go do something. And I said, Michelle, I'm going to cancel because I'm going to go take a bath. And I remember texting (laughs) you from the bathtub with a picture of the bath and the bubbles and all that. Because that's what I needed. And I think if we can truly, truly start honoring what's happening in the moment, and I'm not saying it's easy all the time, but most of the time we can, we can attend to what our body and our mind and our energy needs for at least 30 minutes. It's true. And, and that, that kind of leads us into another good point is that so often when we're living in overwhelm or burnout or extreme stress, we are actively engaging in people pleasing, which we, of course, did a whole episode about, um, you can go back and listen to it, but you know, people pleasing where you're not saying no, not saying no with confidence episode Mm -hmm. 
an earlier episode as well. Um, trying to make things perfect for everybody else, not saying no, trying to control things. I was going to say people controlling. And then not having boundaries. Mm-hmm. So when, when you think about what you just said of how you called me up and said, hey, I know we're supposed to go do this, but I, I really need to do this. That's you, your way of setting a boundary and saying no. Even if I was disappointed, you saying I only want to do one thing a week or one thing a day right now work-wise is a boundary. And even if, you know, I got annoyed if you said that, like, oh, well, we need to do two things tomorrow, you know, it's okay. We've talked about this too. Allow people to feel their feelings even if they're disappointed by it. You can't, like you said, control people's emotions and and take that on for yourself, but doing those things can start to take you out of that overwhelmed behavior behavior and start to give you that space and that peace that, that we talk about. Definitely, Michelle. And I think as parents, as a mother, um, but also if there's any parents listening with young kids or even, even teenage kids or even adult kids like Hello. you as an adult kid, we have to really make sure that we're not trying that because I think part of overwhelm and part of stress that happens in our lives is that we're trying to control things or control the outside world or control so that so that our children or our partners or our friends or whatever it is we're trying to control, especially children though, so they don't have to learn things the hard way or they don't have to struggle or suffer or do all of those things instead of allowing them to make choices and, and just kind of really letting life unfold for every human in our lives and ourselves included and stop trying to control situations and places and things that we have absolutely no control over and just allowing life to play out in most situations. And it doesn't mean that we can't give our opinions and say, Hey, really think if you do this, think about the consequences or whatever, but, but we allow the stresses of, of worry of our children or of our partners or, or, or the people that are important in our lives. I think that that worry and that stress is unnecessary. That's some of the unnecessary stress because we really can't do anything about it anyway. So allowing, allowing life and allowing people to, to experience life in their own ways without us worrying about it. Yeah. Which is easy, easier. So it is, it's really it's hard a practice. to let it go. Yeah. I think, but once you realize if you're feeling really overwhelmed, which, which, we're talking about this episode today because I was, then it's a little bit easier to let go. Because once you get to that place where you can't function very well and you start to recognize that you're not functioning very well, then it's really important to say what's happening. What, what do I need to take off my plate? And one of the things I was taking off my plate was trying to control things um, that I have no control over. And so it's, it becomes a little tad easier to be able to take it off your plate when you're, when you're at a place on your knees thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do one more thing. So it's, it's kind of a interesting place to be. And if you can actually sit in a little bit of reflection of it, it becomes a really powerful place to be because you can actually learn things about yourself and really be able to let things go that you never thought you'd be able to let go. Hmm. Which is how that's, those, these are some of the experiences I've been feeling in the past few weeks. I thought, wow. That is really interesting to hear you say that because you would, I don't think that you would, I don't think you would mind me saying that, that sometimes we can label you as trying to control things. Oh, of course I try to control things. <laughs> Definitely. I am a and, type A. <laughs> and, and so hearing you say that in this reflection period of resetting and resting, 
you realizing that there are things that you can let go of and know that they're going to be okay that you don't have to try to control. It's just, it's, it's really interesting as someone who sees you every day to hear you say that because that's a part of you that I've just always accepted as who you are. But it is just such a perfect example to say when you can stop and pause and sit with yourself and just, like you said, kind of when you're at your knees knowing that something's got to give and seeing what what can give and that that kind of dynamic can go. It doesn't serve you. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's so important. You know, I, I care about myself. I am my own best friend and I am, I do love and care about myself completely. So when we, when we get to a place of overwhelm or brought to our knees, so to speak, there comes that time where the voice inside says, please take care of me. Please let me show you what I can, um, what, what I can teach you. And so one of the things I've been doing for decades, I could walk you all through my end of the day reflection period that I do before I go to sleep. Because I think for me, it's been the only way to truly have a little bit of detachment and be able to look as an outsider looking in, so to speak, of what actually is happening for me. Mm. So that, um, because at the end of the day, when you think about, I've, I've been doing this for so long because that is the one time at nighttime where I really have been able to realize the day is over and, and I cannot change anything in the day. And I truly want to go to, go to sleep with a peaceful mind, with a, with a clear heart, clear mind, peaceful heart. I truly want to go to bed without having all of this, um, all of these thoughts and all of these worries and all these control issues that I might have. So I, 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 I don't watch any television before I go to bed. The last minute I do before I go to bed, I turn off the television, I do my reading, and then I truly just close my eyes and start as a meditation practice, a reflection meditation practice, and start focusing on my breath, you know, taking a breath in and, and exhaling it out and bringing my mind to the moment. And I'll ask myself these questions. Mm-hmm. I'll say, Barb, what are you grateful for today? And I always kind of refer to myself in the third person because it gives me that little bit of detachment. You know, Barb, what are you grateful for today? And I'll name a few things that I feel really grateful for. There's always something that I am grateful for. And that reminder is so powerful. And then I'll ask myself, Barb, what did you learn today? Because we actually always learn something every single day, no matter what. So I will say, what did you learn today? And I will identify what is what is it one thing at least? And usually it's a couple of things that I've learned. And then I'll always ask myself, where in my life did I give my full attention to the people that I was with? Because it matters so much to me that I'm fully present to the people that I'm with. I care so deeply about my work and, and people. So I'll say, where did I actually give my full attention? Where was I present? And, and where, where did I fall a little bit short? Where was I distracted? Where was I feeling overwhelmed? Where was I trying to do five things at one time? None of this is for judgment and none of this is for beating myself up. It truly is just for information. It is truly just to go through the list and allow myself to have that bird's eye view of what's happening. And then I'll ask myself, then I'll say, you know, what am I feeling in my body right now? And sometimes I'm feeling sad. Wow. I really spent most of the day not present or whatever, whatever has come up for me but not in a judgmental way, just as information. Um, And then I'll just say, what am I ready to let go of? 
And so, so often what comes up first, what almost always comes up first is I'm ready to let go of the control or the worry that I might have about something that I don't have any control over. Hmm. Um, and then I'll just say, okay, given a situation that has happened that really doesn't have a resolution yet, because we always have things that aren't completely resolved, obviously, when we're going to sleep, how could I handle it differently tomorrow? And so I might think about, well, you know, maybe I'll give myself a little bit more of a break. That's how I came up with, I only want to do one thing in the day in my reflection. So that one came night. to you in your yeah, practice. It's like, Barb, you're trying to do too many things in one day. You're overwhelmed. Do one thing in a day and stay present and stay focused and, and stay centered on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, and so it's a little bit like your exercise that you talk about a lot and that's your brain dump. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like that. So then I'm just the visual and just, I hope it's, I hope you can actually see, see this as I'm walking you through that. Just the whole idea of doing this whole exercise, this reflection meditation exercise, it gives you the feeling I can feel it just even walking you all through it right now. I feel at peace. I yeah, feel I'm rested. Ready to go to bed. <laughs> I feel rested. So, and then I close my eyes and I just start breathing and I focus my attention on my breath till I fall asleep. That is really peaceful. And, and that sounds very healing in a sense of leaving the day in the day, like you talk about so often, how can we let go of everything that's already happened in these hours that have already passed so that we can go to sleep in a peaceful way and wake up, God willing, (laughs) refreshed for the next day. Yeah. And if you think about it, um, we can't do anything about changing the day. That's why I always say leaving the day. Like in you the sometimes day. say going back and reviewing the day like a movie mm-hmm. and just watching it without judgment and yes. saying, and like with some of the questions that you just asked yourself, where did I, what did I do great? What could I have done better? But then ultimately when you're, you know, finished watching your movie, letting it go. Yeah. And I think that whole idea of the, the brain dump, the words yeah, that you we'll use, that whole about. idea about doing that, it it really clears your mind. So I say going to sleep with a clear mind and a peaceful heart or a loving heart or a grateful heart. It it then when you wake up the next day, you know, my whole practice for that is before my feet touch the ground before I got out of bed, mm-hmm. I'll close my eyes and say, Thank you for the gift of this new day. I'm refreshed. Okay. And I I visually and mentally and physically and energetically am stepping into the new day fresh. Mm-hmm. I had let all I had I had let it all go the night before. So now now I'm ready to take on and all the things that are still waiting for me. It doesn't mean all those things aren't still gonna be there, but I have a whole fresh uh day to sort out what are my options, what are my choices, what are the steps that I need to take to get to where it is that I'm trying to go. Yeah, and it is it is really powerful, even though it sounds really simple. And if you're someone who needs to do some sort of physical practice, what you had brought up is I, before bed, love to do a little brain dump, as I call it, journaling, um, where I just put pen to, pen to paper, for just one page, really. It doesn't have to be anything very laborious. And just free write the thoughts in my mind of, you know, like you said, it can be some days going through things that happened in the day, some things that I wish I had done better, um, how I'm feeling about something, you know, whatever, whatever comes up in my mind and just and letting it out and giving my thoughts a home. I think 
the practice of giving your thoughts a home, whether it's noticing them in your reflection, like you were saying, or taking them out of your mind and putting them on paper can really release you from so much mental anguish and stress. Because I do notice on the days where I don't do this and just go to sleep because I'm I'm too tired. I just want to go straight to sleep. I feel like I have more agitated sleep and like I, I don't know, I don't feel as rested because I'm not giving my brain that like cleanup to just go into it with a clean slate. And I think some, I don't know the science behind this or the psychology, but I just think sometimes when we have these thoughts lingering in our mind and ruminating as we're going to sleep, it, it affects our psyche. It, it affects our ability to truly rest and we take that into the next day. So we wake up the next day not as rested or carrying some of those stressful thoughts or things that we need to take care of. And I think if you can start to find some of these practices, obviously these practices aren't going to fix everything or, or change change your life in the way you do it once and everything's magical again. But you're chipping away. You're, you're taking something off your flimsy plate and fortifying your plate to get, make it you know, paper or ceramic and not paper. Um, it's those small acts of acts of chipping away at, you know, these things that bring us such feelings of overwhelm so that we can start to feel okay. I love that, Michelle, because I think it's so important if you think about what we've talked about this whole episode so far, like we'd, we're always wanting to push through the day, push through the day, if I can just get through the day, if I can just get through the day, and so I, that's why I love this nighttime reflection so much and your brain dump writing exercise so much. Because if you think about it, all of you just kind of think about, we're trying to push through the day, but at nighttime, it's time to sleep. And so we don't need to push through the sleep as well. So I think if you can visualize this, okay, sometimes there's going to be days, which I have done here quite a bit. That's why I'm in a feeling of overwhelm here lately. I'm trying to push through the day and now I'm starting to recognize through my reflection at night, like I don't need to push through the day. But what's helped me realize that is I'm not trying to push through the night as well. So if you can actually just start to push through the night. Well, if you can actually just start to think about this idea of ending the day in the day. And so if you're if you're someone who's trying to push through the day, maybe start to get into the mindset of, okay, when I when I actually put myself into bed or I actually put myself going to sleep. Let me truly just think about this as being the end of the day and leaving this day in the day and doing some of these exercises and just starting to play with that a little bit and see if you don't wake up the next morning a little bit more refreshed, a little bit more clear minded. Mm -hmm. So then you're not, you're now open to what are the possibilities for this new day? This is really, for me, it's been a great reminder of how important it is not only to take care of ourselves and really do the things that we need to do and understand what we need, but also give ourselves the grace. You're always saying that word grace, which I love so much. Give yourself the grace to rest, recharge, regroup, and start again. It's true. Give yourself grace. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, and so I, I really love that. Those are some, your practice at the end of the day is, is really important. But there's some other things that we can start to do to start to manage the overwhelm. And as you know, we love a tangible takeaway. Good. Um, And so the first one would be to remember to carve out some time for silence and stillness. 
like you said, you have to stop. And and we understand a lot of you, a lot, all of us are really busy and have a lot of responsibilities and feel pressure every single day from people, places, things. But if you can start to find those small moments of, of stillness and space, like going to the bathroom and just taking some deep breaths at work or sitting in your car for a minute before you go into your next appointment or whatever, wherever you can find it, it does add up. But also knowing that, you know, if you're in this prolonged period of overwhelm and burnout, you you might need to try to carve out a lengthier period of time. So it's just things to start to look at and, and notice where you can add it in and, and what you might, maybe you can take a weekend of being offline and just having a little staycation or something, but just noticing and knowing where you can fit in that piece. Yeah. And it, I think going back to what Brene Brown said about that idea of overwhelm, she, she went on to say that when she's feeling overwhelmed, she literally will, will go outside of her office and outside of her building and go walk around the parking lot for 10 or 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's kind of that idea of, I love one of the things that I do, I try to do a lot is go walk in nature for even just a few minutes, just to step outside. And change so your just scenery. Change, your, change your scenery and, and actually being outside um, can always be helpful. So I, I love that, Michelle, just um, finding, finding a way to interrupt the feeling of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. So like go and take a break somewhere out in the parking lot or go to take a walk around the building or go take a walk around the block or, or go for a drive or anything you know, like that. To, yeah. To, to kind of interrupt that feeling of overwhelm to give you a, a chance to reset. Yeah. And then next is to remember to cultivate positive self-talk. Mm. I noticed with you and with me, when we get into these feelings of overwhelm, you know, we find our, I catch ourselves saying, oh, I know. Like, you, you said something, I'm so stupid. What did you say? I probably, you, you said, you said something really mean to yourself. We were in a parking garage and it was just, I you did were having a hard time parking and you were getting so mad at yourself yeah. and you were doubling down on yourself. I and it was, saying, Barb, this is so stupid. How do you not know how to park this car? Yeah. yeah and it, and the more you kept attacking yourself, yeah. you were making the situation worse. Yep. And you know, like we've talked about so many times, life is going to come at us. We don't need to, to add on by doubling down, doubling down on ourselves. So if you can just remember, like, I've got this, like you love to use all Mm -hmm. as well in those moments. And I find that some of those affirmations or positive self-talk can also provide that space to kind of reset Mm -hmm. instead of, perpetuating, you know, thinking about those grooves in the brain, the neural pathways that we've also talked about in the past of continuing, continuing, you know, that stressy cycle, these affirmations can stop it and put you into a different neural pathway so that maybe you're not making yourself feel worse by continuing that thought pattern or that thought process. This is all about, this isn't quick fixes, but it's all about how can you lighten your load like, what can I do to make my paper plate feel less flimsy? Yeah. And if we're constantly talking down to ourselves and beating ourselves up or, you know, why did you do that? I wish you didn't do that. You know, whatever it is, that doesn't help. And I think that's, that's, 
that's the awareness because we're always, everything about life is becoming aware. And I think in that moment when I was parking in that garage with you and in a stressful time, I would not beat myself up. When I would feel stressed and I wasn't able to park the car, I would stop and I would take a deep breath. Yeah. And I would say, okay, Barb, what's happening here? That's how I knew that I was. But your was like push through. Nope, that, gotta keep going. That's how I knew I was in overwhelm. That's mm-hmm. how I knew that whole Brene Brown, which I want to repeat that quote at the end of this episode. That's how I knew this was not ordinary times. These were extraordinary times. Barb, you are on overwhelm. Because then I started beating my, I started doubling down and calling myself stupid. So just being aware, I think that's what I'm just bringing this up. Just being aware that Mm -hmm. when you are doing things that you normally don't do to yourself, or when you're saying things to yourself, when you're really becoming in a place where normally I'm feeling stressed. Okay. Let me just pause here just for a second. Take a deep breath, go to the bathroom or whatever it is. Okay, Barb, let me start again. No, I was trying to push through Mm -hmm. and it was a disaster. So I think that's what's so amazing for me. And that's why I love talking with all of you on these episodes. And that's why I love the work that I do. Because for me, I'm like a scientist and my life is an experiment. And when I start to become really aware, which is what has happened over the past few days, and Michelle and I've talked so much about this, that I am, I am on overwhelm. It hasn't made me feel worse. It's made me feel better. Because once we can identify what's happening for us, remember, we've, I think we've talked about this, but knowing that when you can identify the emotion that you're feeling or what's happening for you, it's like 85% of it goes away. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I know what's yeah. happening for me. Now I know what I need to do. Yeah. And the next thing that I was going to say on my list is to just remember that you don't have to be perfect and have it all together all the time. Um, you label yourself as a type A perfectionist and, and you know, I, can tend to fall into that category as well. But we're all human beings and we all are on different paths and we all have different challenges. And sometimes we don't even know what, oftentimes we don't know what anybody else is going through. And putting ourselves up on these pedestals that we have to be perfect and and that, you know, we have always have to have it all figured out and that we can handle everything that life throws at us perfectly is just... It's not true. Right. And nothing, nothing is perfect. So just remind, reminding yourself that, you know, you're doing the best you can and, and And it's it's okay. And you're enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next part too, that I wanted to add is you were talking about this. You talk about this a lot in workshops, but making your tasks manageable. Mm -hmm. And you often tell the story of Eileen. Oh yeah. Eileen Fisher. Fisher. Designer, the the fashion the fashion designer. designer and what she does every morning. Yeah, yeah she I, I love it. She um she calls herself um she sits every morning in a stool and she calls the stool her purpose chair. And so every morning when she wakes up, she sits in her purpose chair before she does anything else, and she asks herself, "What is the next step that I should take?" And so every day, she identifies one step that she can complete in the next 24 hours. And so this can be as simple as making that important phone call that you've been putting off, um, taking a bath, you know, been, my body loves it when I take a bath or just any, what is one thing that you can identify first thing in the morning before you start the day that you will complete and can complete Mm -hmm. in 24 hours. And it really, I think it not only boosts your energy and your confidence, you actually feel 
good. You feel better. I so think we I like to that. feel productive. Like we've done things. And the other day when we kind of got into a testy moment, cause I was asking you to do something, you th- had thought that I was asking you to do a lot when in, in reality, all I needed you to do was like send the email or sign this document, right. you know, and when you kind of realized, wow, you're really not asking, you just need me to do this one thing. I can do this one thing. Right. And you did the one thing and we moved on. And it was like, wow, that was so easy. But so often we build these things up in our minds and make them so much more complicated than they need to be. So I think identifying these manageable tasks that we can do and just not writing these elaborate stories about how difficult they are going to be. Well, and I think I think the idea with, that Eileen Fisher had here is such a cool one. So find yourself, I mean, maybe identify a chair in your, yeah. in your house as a purpose chair. But I think what... What I love about this is it can be the tiniest of things. You just have to be able to do it. And it has to be a manageable thing that you can do in 24 hours. And like it, I I love what you, I love what we were talking about this one email. Like I felt so good having sent that one email and I didn't didn't actually feel like like I had to do anything else the rest of the day. And I'm not saying that that's not a typical day. Of course it's not in anyone's life, but, but it can, it can make you feel that good. So It can, and it can help you to reprioritize your life because I think when you're living in burnout too, you tend to prioritize, you know, have difficulties prioritizing things and doing things that don't matter and, and letting things that do kind of fall through the cracks. So it's just, it's really helpful. And give yourself small wins. You talk about that a lot, Michelle, in your work. Love a tiny win. Yeah. Give yourself small wins. I felt like I was sitting on top of a mountain after I had sent that one email that she asked me to send. So and today we made a phone call that we had been putting off. And, yes. and you, when we got off, you were like, I, I am so, so glad we did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really feel like stop. I, it's the thing you were saying earlier. Stop being perfectionistic. Stop thinking you have to do so many things. And when you're feeling and So this whole episode is about when you're feeling an overwhelm, how can you move through and transition out of that overwhelming feeling? And this is a this is a really good place to start. Do one thing accomplish the one thing, identify the one thing first thing in the morning and then do that one thing. And I'll tell you, by the end of the day, you're going to feel like, wow, Mm -hmm. I am superwoman. You are superwoman. But lastly, and we've already kind of talked about this, is just, you know, setting the boundaries that you need to set, learning to say no when you need to say no. And just know that if you're in this burnout phase of life or this overwhelmed phase of life, you might need to have stricter boundaries and that's okay. Um, you know, stricter boundaries, especially with your time. Yeah, yeah. Like saying no to four meetings in one day because you can only do one, like you said, or, you know, saying no or to, feeding the kids cereal for dinner one night because you just don't have time to fix the whole elaborate meal. It's not, it's not right. the end of the world. If, if, if you're not, fixing an elaborate meal every single night or whatever it is, like giving yourself a break. Or saying no to going out with friends because you want to have a weekend of just, you know, my uh, therapist oftentimes will request that I have pajama days and um, where it's, you know, you stay in your PJs. I usually do it on the weekend and just veg out and, you know, saying no because you need a pajama day or whatever. So just noticing what, what boundaries you might need and they might need to be a little tighter if you're in this fight or flight overwhelmed place and knowing that that's okay because you're taking care of yourself and mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. 
I think I was just laughing and because I know we have to wrap up, but I was just laughing. I remember we were in a meeting last week, I think after the episode we recorded last week or at some point, and I remember we were in this meeting and all of a sudden I looked at both of you, you and our other colleague. I looked at both of you and said, this isn't working for me. I got to go. <laughs> she did because she was like, let's let's go talk. Let's go meet. And um, you were like, no, I got to I got to wrap it up. Yeah, this is. Not, and I think I just said that this is not working for me. I need to go. Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes you just have to honor really being in touch with your body and how you're feeling. And I was just sitting there thinking, I, I, I'm not all here. You're not, I'm not even paying attention to what you're talking about. That's why I just said, this isn't working for me. I got to go. Let's reschedule. Yeah. And I think you, you kind of saw that our reactions on our faces were like, Oh, and so you sent us a text being like, Oh, sorry, that's not personal. Um, I don't even think I said, sorry. I just said, it's not personal. I just needed, I needed to go. Yeah. So, so yeah. So let me just repeat this, uh, Brene Brown, before you wrap up, Michelle, because uh, I think it's really important to distinguish between overwhelm and stress. And she yeah. says, overwhelm means an extreme level of stress and emotional and or cognitive intensity to the point of feeling unable to function. She goes on to say, so I think the big difference is we can function in stress. We really can't function in overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And the research shows the nothingness is the only way to really reset after overwhelm. Well, I hope you find your nothingness. So may you, yeah, may you all be able to reset after this episode and just allow yourself to reset in life in general every single day. Yes. I wish that for, for all of us. And yeah, that's Brene Brown's book. Atlas of the heart. Atlas of the heart. Well, thank you so much for that. I think it's really, really helpful I've found it really helpful for me and we hope it's helpful for you. Please, um, please let us know how, how these episodes are landing for you and what you think and how you feel. And, and of course, any other topics that you want us to touch on, you can stay in touch with us on social media at peaceful Barb at Barb knows best pod and at Michelle Maros. We love hearing and connecting with you there. Also, please, please be sure that you are subscribed and liking the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, and um, make sure to give us a rating and a review if you have a quick minute, because that greatly helps us. And we love, love reading them. And um, we love you all. And we're so grateful to everyone who listens week in and week out. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll talk to you next week, because as we know... Barb knows best. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.